My name is uh, Gary Amaralt with Tentmaker Ministries. We have a couple of websites, tentmaker.org and whatthehelldishell.com. We also have a store on our uh, tentmaker.org site. And uh, Tentmaker Ministries is run by uh, my wife, Michelle, and I. And we have a host of friends that uh, that help with uh, running that site and some of the other things that we do. Um, this I'm, I'm preparing this video for people who know the uh, what I call the victorious gospel, who know that Jesus Christ is indeed the Savior of all mankind, uh, people who know that hell is a myth, people who know that hell is uh, is a doctrine that the church has used to turn more people sometimes away from God than bringing uh, bringing people toward God. So. This message is to people who have embraced Christian universalism, or uh, some people call it the doctrine of inclusion. It's also called ultimate reconciliation, universal salvation, the larger hope. The Greek uh, uses the term apokatastasis, that is the restoration of all things, as recorded in Acts 3.21. I... uh, I'm addressing this to people who know that they have eternal life through Jesus Christ and that everyone, friend, family, foe, everyone on this planet will ultimately receive salvation through Jesus Christ. That's who I'm talking to. I want to read you a a couple of pieces of of some emails that I received just recently. One is from this lady, Frida, and here's what she has to say. My religious indoctrination was given me by my Satan-worshipping, alcoholic, incestuous, violent parents. I was confused for many years. I thought everyone hated me. God, the devil, my family, everyone. I have always been afraid of hell. Most of my growing years was like being in hell because of the continued assaults on my body and mind. As a young adult, I sought the counsel of a psychologist for depression, and I ended up suffering in drug-induced hell in the form of psychiatric treatments, that is, antidepressant drugs, which created a long-standing drug addiction and further alienation from my thoughts, feelings, and relationship with God and others. When I was finally successful in escaping my abusive family and psychiatric treatments, I found myself at the age of 48 living in Texas with my husband and an 82-year-old man that I was taking care of. My in-laws know my history as an abusive child and past use of antidepressant drugs. My creepy father-in-law has suggested to me many times over the years that I need ECT, electroconvulsive treatment, a.k.a. having your brains fried with powerful electrical current. I got this just the other day. In that same week, I got another email. I'd like to read just a portion of it. It's a lengthy email. Um, And I I would really encourage you, please uh, listen to this um, again, after you've listened to it this first time, listen to it again and again. This portion here, to me, had a, a, a powerful, powerful truth. 
and I hope you, I hope you get the import of, of, uh, of the importance of what this young man says. He's 23 years old. He's a developer for, for Microsoft Corporation. Apparently, he's a very bright young man. Um, and I can't share the whole thing because it would be just too long for this video. But he says, after he says that he was seeking and searching uh, about the gospel and Jesus Christ and, uh, and salvation and things like that on, on the Internet, he comes to this portion of the, of, the, of the lengthy letter and he says, The biggest shock to me was investigating the precise Greek wording of what is commonly rendered as eternal punishment in Matthew 25:46. When I discovered the meaning of the phrase Aeonian Colossan, as understood by the Greeks in the time that Jesus lived, it was absolutely staggering how many lingering questions were answered in one fell swoop. In one go, it all suddenly made perfect sense how God could be the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world, how the earliest Christians could be overwhelmingly universalistic in outlook, and how the modern doctrine of eternal damnation was a human corruption of the message of the Bible. The more I examined the precise meanings of the Greek versions of critical words in the Bible, the more everything started to click, and the more I felt as though my eyes had finally been opened to the real truth of the matter. When I brought this to my evangelical Christian friend, well, you can imagine the result. But at that point, I didn't really care. It was about that time that I found my way to Tentmaker, and specifically to the page entitled The Hell Test. Many of the questions there were ones that I had already asked, but I remembered there were two verses I had not focused on before that I had found, which were Romans 5:18 and 19, and Luke 15, verses 1 through 7. I remember I began slightly crying when I read those, because I felt as though I was reading about myself that I was the lost sheep whom Jesus had found. Yet despite the similarity of this feeling uh, to the feeling that the evangelical Christians told me I should feel because I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I could feel there was something fundamentally different. And it didn't take me very long to find out what it was. Had I been saved as those fundamentalist Christians wanted, I would have felt overwhelming guilt and concern for all the unsaved around me. At this moment, however, all I could feel was an overwhelming sense of joy. Joy that God loves not only me, but my family, my friends, and the entire world. And that I ought to not fear that I would never see them again after I die, but instead rejoice that not one human being will be denied the saving grace of God's love for all creation. Indeed, it was quite possibly the irony of ironies. I had been told for much of my life I was going to burn in eternal hell and that I needed to accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior right now or else I would burn for all eternity. Yet that idea was precisely what prevented me from doing so. And now that I have become absolutely convinced that I do not need to pledge my life to God in order to escape eternal damnation, all of a sudden I wanted to, because I finally believed I can truly love God. I remember after reading Luke 15, 1-7, that all I could do was close my eyes and thank God again and again. 
I wasn't even sure what I was thanking him for. Whether it was for this knowledge I had newly acquired, whether it was for the gift of life, or whether it was for something entirely different. But I knew I was very thankful. And I knew that I wanted to devote my life to him. Because for the first time in my life, I was absolutely certain that he was a just God, a God who would never allow his cre creation to suffer eternally, a God who was truly deserving of worship. And let me close by saying that I am very thankful to you as well for finally giving me the resources I needed to cement in my mind the firm belief that Jesus did save the entire world just like he said, and that God is a kind Father who ought to be loved, not an abusive Father who ought to be feared. Thank you, yours, Luke. What a powerful email. What a powerful letter. And what a powerful thought this young man expressed in, in, in so few words the thing that prevented him from really getting saved, from really connecting with God, all the many times that he supposedly accepted Jesus Christ in, in, in the churches that he tried to get saved in. But nothing ever took. Why did it never take? Because he knew that if he accepted that gospel of the church, he would also have to accept the fate of most of mankind rotting in a place of eternal torment. And his heart could simply not go there. He could intellectually assent to um, going through the motion of Jesus come into my heart, but his heart would not allow him to go there because, because his heart knew that that gospel was false. And when he came to Tentmaker and other sites, and discovered that, that, the, that the church doctrine, the church gospel that he had been fed was a lie, and that the truth was that Jesus Christ is indeed the Savior of the world, then he could give his heart to that God wholeheartedly, and salvation became his. Just like this man here and this woman that I just described, there are millions and there have been billions of people on the face of the earth that have wanted to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but their heart wouldn't let them go there because they knew that to accept the, the, the traditional teaching of hell from the church, to accept that, meant that they would have to accept a God who utterly failed for billions of people or... He planned from the foundation of the world to send most of mankind to hell. And the average person who has a heart of compassion, who knows that they're no better than anyone else, they feel um, unworthy and not right to feel uh, that they're going to go to heaven while many, many other people uh, just as undeserving as themselves are going to go a rotten hell because they didn't hear the gospel or because they heard a false gospel. Um, what, a, what a powerful expression that this young man uh, put in, in, in these handful of words. What was it that got him to this place of, of finally actually connecting with God? It was inf information. 
It was information that we posted on the Tentmaker site and, and other websites that he stumbled into on, on the Internet. My dear brother and sister, you who, lis who is listening to this video right now, there are millions and millions and millions of people out there who do not know this wonderful, wonderful message, what I call the victorious gospel. Paul called the glorious gospel. He called my gospel. He said, if many, any other man preach another gospel other than his, uh, let him be accursed. Paul's gospel was a gospel without the message of eternal damnation. Paul never used the word hell except once to declare victory over it. Anyway, why I share these, these letters is because I want to encourage those of you who are out there who, are, who have seen this message. I know many people that are in this message. I know most of the main players that are in the, in the, in the groups and ministries that are, that are out there in the world that, that teach universal salvation. And I'm, I'm personally very disappointed and almost grieved of how lackadaisical um, many people are in this message. There are very few people that believe in universal salvation that actually express uh, that message to friend and foe. Many people embrace this message and keep it to themselves because they don't want to suffer the persecution that comes from Christians and family and brothers and sisters if they open up their mouth and begin to declare Jesus Christ as Savior of the whole world. But if you don't, who will? You see, these two people that I just mentioned uh, here on the video, if the material didn't get on the website and if they didn't read, the, read it, they'd be locked into the, the false church uh, tradition. And they wouldn't be able to come to this, this uh, knowledge of universal salvation. If someone didn't you know, scan those books or write those articles or prepare those videos or, or make those, uh, those audio tapes, if someone didn't do that, there are thousands and thousands of people who wouldn't have the ability to come to the conclusion that Jesus Christ is indeed the Savior of the world. Information, knowledge is important. Opening your mouth, writing a letter, putting up a website, writing a book, doing an audio tape. These things are needful and they help people like Frida here get set free of the torment that their life is all about. They are living in a hell right here on earth because they don't have the freedom of knowing that Jesus Christ loves them and has saved them and has saved all of mankind through what he did on the cross. At Tentmaker, we have done a lot of things to get this message out, and we've prepared a lot of material to help people like you take this victorious gospel to the world, take it to your neighborhood. And we've, besides uh, you know, putting up some websites uh, that have literally hundreds and thousands of articles and books on them for free download, we've prepared a lot of material in, in print form, and in CD form, DVD form. I've got a few of them here. Wonderful book is Hope Beyond Hell by Jerry Boschman. This uh, really covers the subject, especially uh, in terms of um, 
But what about this scripture and what about that scripture? He deals with a lot of the, the scriptures that seem to teach hell. Um, and he explains them. Uh, and he does a really good job with that. We have books like uh, The Analytical Study of Words by Lewis Abbott. This goes in, in depth into uh, explaining words like Aeon and Aeonius, Gehenna, Hades, Tartaru, and how they have been mistranslated in, in most Bible translations. A wonderful book that really explains uh, universal salvation in just, you know, contemporary English and just, yeah, from a really pure heart is The Absolute Assurance of Jesus Christ by Charles Schlegel. It's a booklet form and it's just full of just wonderful, wonderful material. Um, the Origin and the, and the History of the Doctrine of Endless Punishment. This book traces how the doctrine of eternal punishment crept into the church over the centuries. Really good book. We've got tracts like Honest Questions and Answers About Hell. Um, in Adam, uh, in Adam succeeded. In will Christ? Uh, We've got tracts like uh, Adam succeeded. Will Christ? Um, nice short little thing that you can stuff in an envelope um, or hand out uh, to, a, to a friend or drop in uh, in someone's door. Um, we have several different kinds of tracts. We have CDs and DVDs that talk about this. Here's a Bible software program called Tentmaker Bible Enrichment Program. And we have another one, a free eSword program that we send around the world that has Bible translations in them that don't have the word hell from cover to cover. And that by the, the eSword Bible program and this one here, Bible Enrichment Program, they have books and articles um, similar to the ones here, like for example, Hope Beyond Hell. The entire book is on that, is on these two soft Bible software programs that we ship around the world. We have a lot of resources to help you set creation free. And if you don't, then who will? You have a responsibility in the kingdom of God. He just didn't save you just to go out and do as you always do. You are a soldier in King Jesus' army. And his ammunition, his weapons are things like this. And you need to familiarize yourself with this material. And you need to do something to set your friend and enemy and family free. If you want to receive the fruit of the kingdom of God, if you want to be empowered and experience that joy and that peace and that love that passes all understanding, it's through outflowing his love to creation that you experience those things. You know, we can believe in universal salvation and we can, uh, you know, have comfort that, that, uh, that, that there is no hell for us. But you won't experience the joy of the Lord unless you share his gospel. You will not experience the fruit of the Spirit unless you open your mouth. Jesus said, if you don't confess him before men, he will not confess you before his Father. That's a pretty powerful statement. What was he saying by that? Was he saying that, all right, if you, you know, 
if if you if you deny me, I'm going to deny you. Uh, you know, in a vindictive way. No, what he's saying is. The life that he's given you, you've got to share because he is that kind of a person. He is an out God. He is a sharing God. He is a loving God. In order to experience his life, you have to give his life. And if you're not giving his life, and his life is a life for all mankind, if you are not uh, confessing him before other people, you're not experiencing his life. You're becoming a dead sea. He becomes salt without savor, and you become no earthly good. It's in the giving away of his love and his life that sets other people free, and in that is your joy, and in that is your peace, and in that is you experiencing God's love because as you pour out and you reach out to your fellow brother and sister, uh, friend, neighbor, family, enemy, as you reach out with the victorious gospel, he pours his spirit into you and he gives you his spirit on your words to set the prisoner free, to to break the shackles. He's counting on you. And we're counting on you, a tent maker, to go visit Tentmaker, to go visit whatthehellishell.com, to come to our store and to look at the resources here and avail yourself of them. Spend a little bit of your money to set Frida and guys like Luke to set them free. It's your responsibility, but even more, it's your joy. Jesus came that your joy might be full, that your life might be full. And it is only in giving away the life of Jesus. It is only in opening up your mouth or moving your pen or writing a book or doing a, a video or setting up a website. It's only as you share Christ that you will experience Christ. Really thank you for, my, for your time and I, and I hope uh, that you will visit us, that you write us, that you email us, telephone us. Uh, telephone number is 573-486-3825. Our email address is info at tentmaker.org. Join the battle. It's a victorious one. Thank you.